When that Fox is 911, the emergency is always on fire. Sometimes, literally. Here at Dispatching the 118, we like to take a slower, more careful approach. Look at everything with the detail, uh, every detail with the intensity of Sergeant Grant and the enthusiasm of Firefighter Buckley. Hi, guys. It's Mads. Laura is out of commission this week due to work responsibilities. And I was going to record with Kat, and then Kat got sick. So we have Justine with us tonight. Hello. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> of course, we love conversing with Justine because Justine's just as enthusiastic about the show as we are, um, but also just as critical. <laughs> Always. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So anything new going on in your life, Justine? Yeah, I got a new job, if you can believe it. I write for Collider now, in addition to everything else I write. So yeah, it's been a bit intense. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm everywhere. <laughs> well, um, this is actually a really good episode for you to come in and like discuss with us, because I had lots of thoughts. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure you did as well. I did. There was a lot happening this episode. Yeah, I agree. I mean, 100%. I and it's funny because it was centered around Eddie and Buck, but like separately, like they were having their yes. own issues and not even talking to each other about their issues. So it was like right. completely separate situations going on. Um, yeah. So we'll start with the Eddie situation because that one was actually kind of cute and adorable. Um it's funny to me that Eddie doesn't realize his son is growing up and is like becoming a teenager. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he's a preteen. I mean, so like, yeah, I mean, it kind of makes sense for his character to be that clueless. Like, like I, I definitely buy Eddie being that sort of completely not not even checked out, but just like unaccepting of like the reality of what's right in front of his face. Um I always love Christopher. I mean I, I have mm -hmm. been a Christopher Stan from day one of this show. Um any anything with Christopher um you know gets high marks in my book. Um yeah and I I think it was great that they showed that right like he's not just a cute little child anymore. He you know he has his own personality, his own, you know mm -hmm. Um, you know, he's he's a human being, you know, he's he's rebelling, he's, you know, sticking it to the man, like <laughs> and yeah. the man is his dad. And the man is his dad, <laughs> yeah. Um, I and it's so I've always thought that 911 handles Christopher very well. Um, I'm definitely no expert on a disabled experience. I'm obviously I'm an able-bodied person. Um I am neurodivergent, but that is a totally different ballgame sure. than a physical disability. And so I'm sure there are people. Um, and I know that one of my friends, Esme, who used to write for Telltale TV, had yeah. written a piece about Christopher and how sh she felt that they weren't quite nailing it. Um, they were still kind of bordering on inspiration porn. But I felt like this episode geared completely away from that and was just like, he's a normal kid. He has normal feelings and his dad is treating him like, you are disabled, you can't do things. And he's like, no, but dad, I can. <laughs> um, yeah. And that was a nice conversation. I love when they fight. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but yeah. I love when Christopher and um, Eddie fight because it shows that Christopher has his own personality and he has those um, boundaries that he's like, dad, you're not giving them to me. And I really enjoyed that this episode. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, listen, as much as I, like one of my favorite sort of, 
collection of episodes, if you will, was the uh, was the tsunami. And of course, you know, there was that whole storyline mm-hmm. with Christopher, you know, being missing and then being found like and I think and I, in that sense, I mean, I, I would totally agree with Esme in that sense of like, sure, if there's any flaw in character in, in Chris's Christopher's story, it's that it can, you know, go the way of of. Um, that inspiration porn but but I, I think this episode yeah did a really good job of being like he's he's a teenager like you know he he is he's you know he's exploring like I think that's such a good way to put it those boundaries right like mm-hmm. he's exploring you know what he can push and get away with like I just like everybody else when they're that age honestly I loved when like Eddie like wakes up in the middle of the night and he's like who's talking and he goes in the living room and he's like are you kidding me I grounded you of this and it's like that is totally a kid reaction they're like wait till mom and dad are asleep and then I'll get away with it because they're sleeping and they don't know what's going on so I was like that's perfect he's a typical 11 12 year old boy and he's doing what he feels is more fair than what his dad said, you know? Of course, and, yeah. Yeah, like, I, dad, what do you know about anything? Like, <laughs> please. And I honestly thought it was going to go into something a little more deeper than just him wanting his independence when they were like, he's not interested in science club anymore. I'm like, okay, why is he not interested in science club? Like, is there something going on? Because I feel like with shows like this, we're like, oh, there's going to be something big going on. And it wasn't, sure. it was just... It was just typical, I'm not interested in that anymore, and you're forcing me to do it. I'd rather go to the park with my friends. Yeah, I agree. I was kind of waiting for for a, a bit of a needle drop, too. Like, I, I mean, I was thinking they were maybe going to go, yeah, like something was happening. There was something wrong with the science club. Like, maybe there was, like, a bullying issue or, like, you know there was like stuff maybe with a teacher like you know that he was butting heads with yeah but you're right it kind of it kind of you know it wasn't that deep so I honestly now obviously he's only like 11 or 12 again I don't really know how old Christopher is I really just don't he's just kind of a kid right um but I honestly my the direction my mind went was oh he has a crush on a girl there and it's awkward and weird and he's like I don't want to be there anymore there's too much time with that person I like which is possible but sure and then they were talking about the friends in the park and I was just like why can't he go to the park with his friends and I'm like Eddie you're being stupid (laughs) like just let him go yeah definitely in the wrong yeah no (laughs) I mean (laughs) yeah not at all (laughs) but it was interesting that like Buck and Eddie didn't even like confer with each other this episode. Like normally Eddie yeah. would be like, Hey, you know, this is what's going on with Christopher. Do you have any idea? Not that Buck would necessarily have child advice, but like Buck's been there and it's just like, that's weird. Like, I guess, I mean, it was a writing choice, but, sure. um, and it was interesting that Eddie did talk to Chim and Hen and Hen was like, listen I have kids he's being a kid like let him push his boundaries let him do it he needs it for his own self mental health you know whatever just let him do it but you have to be the parent and be like okay I hear you but this is the this is the boundary this is right where we are yeah and and I thought it was interesting too like you say it's a writing choice but I mean even the fact that there was sort of no um Christopher and Buck conferring because they're quite close right mm-hmm. like outside of you know outside of eddie like like buck has always been you know very much a mentor and you know the cool uncle to christopher so 
I agree. It's a little bit weird that they sort of missed that connection. Now, obviously, and, and I'm sure we'll get into it, Buck had sort of, Buck was on his own journey this episode. There well, were, that, you're right. There you, were other you, things do, happening, but. you do make a great point that like, normally when Christopher's frustrated with Eddie, he's like, Buck, oh my gosh. And then Buck's like, okay, well, uh, yeah, hear I your dad out, you know? So right. like, I, it, it, whatever, it was a choice. <laughs> yeah, to say, yeah, like even, like even just to have like a moment of Christopher being like, Buck, I can't with my dad. Like, I literally cannot. I mean, that's such a classic, like, 911. You know, it was right there. And uh, and they didn't take it. So I'm kind of disappointed that they didn't. Like, not because I'm a Buck and Eddie shipper and I like any moment for them to, like, interact with each other. But because it makes sense for their characters. For Christopher Absolutely. to go to Buck. It was just like, okay, that's a missed opportunity. Um, and, like, the only time we do see Buck and Eddie interact acting with each other is with the situation with the guy who's drunk and like drives off and then Buck thinks that getting on a bike and stopping in front of the car is a great idea sure (laughs) and Eddie is just like Buck what are you doing (laughs) and scoring it all to bicycle bicycle (laughs) again choices were made (laughs) listen literally my two because I live tweet the episodes when I watch them and I literally tweeted in that moment beautiful no brains <laughs> i was like I mean, buck you are pretty but you got no brains and you have no I was brains. like that was not a smart move like everybody else on the team was just like what the fuck are you what doing what is happening <laughs> no it's um, so true so classic buck though i mean you know what what do you want also side note i love your live tweets your live tweets are legendary i wish i had like the stamina to keep up but oh my goodness yeah yours are yours are absolutely legendary for your listeners if you don't follow mads's live tweeting you must because they like they they honestly are an episode unto themselves so i highly <laughs> well, recommend well thank you i honestly <laughs> well for 911 i do it now just for the pleasure of it just to be like oh my god this is ridiculous or whatever in the moment but when I was writing reviews, and I do it for Law & Order, too, I do it to remind myself the order yes. of things that happened, yes. but also how I felt in the moment about those things. Because I'm like, right. when I'm writing an hour or, you know, within, like, 30 minutes to an hour after the episode ends, I'm just like, I wait, how did I feel in that moment? Right. And so, like, I was like, oh, right. I really hated that moment. Like, okay, let's dive into that, you know? So, yep. um. That's why I live tweet, but I also live tweet because it's an opportunity to interact with other people that are watching the show. And, you know, it's, it's its own little event, basically. Um, (laughs) And every once in a while, you know, Angela Bassett will be, you know, sliding into people's likes and things like that. And Aisha Hines will randomly like something and it's like, okay, they're paying attention too. Um, Those are always the best moments. You're like, what? You like my tweet? No, the best moments are when the official 911 Twitter like retweets you with yes, a gif or something true. and you're just right. like, "Excuse me, you agree with my sentiment. <laughs> Thank you." Um it's very I've validating. had that happen. I've had that happen a couple of times. Um but I think this time when I live tweeted 911, I did it in a thread instead of having hashtags on everything, so I think nobody really caught my tweets cuz I was tired and was like, I don't have <laughs> it was like too much effort. I will always catch your live tweets. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, Anyway, so, and it's funny because Laura, Lara, one of our other writers who does SVU, and I cover the other two Law and Orders, like, we are live tweeting at the, you know, 
obviously on the same night and so like all like random live tweet of hers and she'll like a random one of mine and like it's just back and forth because we both love all three of the shows so we're just like interacting you know within ourselves so it's really great yeah that's awesome you guys can tag team it like that <laughs> I mean it 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 is really it is really nice but um anyways back on subject <laughs> I mean we didn't really get off subject but um the episode itself yes. um Bobby was back which yes if anybody that's been listening um which if you're a loyal listener we have about 30 of them um we love you guys you 30 are why we keep doing this <laughs> every week because clearly <laughs> you guys like what we say um I'm pretty sure half of them are people that are just friends with me um but anyways <laughs> I'm out <to> friends <laughs> I'm like I know that Charles listens to this even though he doesn't watch the show and I'm like why and he goes because I'm your friend and I support you and I'm like okay Aww, um, which is which is very sweet but so I'm sweet. like I don't know how you could sit and listen to a podcast about something you know nothing about like that's what I'm just oh. like um <laughs> I, I don't know. But anyways, Bobby's back. If anybody listens to when Laura and I do this, we we love a DILF. And Always. Bobby was back in his uniform and it Ooh. was glorious. Um, Phenomenal. No, and no. also he took something into their home that um, oh. I, it's funny because I live tweeted and I didn't specify what um hoover was and oh. so laura was like please tell me hoover is an animal and i go yes hoover is a dog oh my gosh because <laughs> laura was reading my tweets and she's just like i'm not watching currently please tell me hoover's an animal not like some weird thing that he... <laughs> you'll have to ask her when she's back i'm so curious what she thought hoover was like a vacuum cleaner <laughs> like that they did a whole story about like a hoover vacuum i think she I'm just so... didn't really know for sure sure and she was like you never know with these writers what they're going to throw at Athena and Bobby. It's true. And with this episode, it really kind of nailed down that Henry's pro or Henry, Harry's probably not coming back. And so it's yeah. like, they're in an empty home. So like, Bobby's like, I need something that gives noise yeah. in this house. Like I yeah. need something else in this house. And I just, I, it was such a sweet moment. The dog overdosed on. Oh, okay. <laughs> on drugs. <laughs> if I may, I have to of say. <laughs> so as so as a medical professional myself, not of the first responder variety, and I'm no longer working on the front lines. However, um, those scenes with <laughs> the poor dog overdosing. I mean, I was like, oh, it was. <laughs> I mean, it was equally funny to me and also like, oh, yeah, like pet CPR is a thing. And most people don't realize that um, it is, in fact, uh, a thing that you can be trained in. Um, I highly in fact, I actually highly recommend you do get trained if you do have a pet. It's a nice sort of skill to have in your back pocket. Uh, relatedly, do not leave medications or any recreational drugs around where your animals can access them uh, because they will. They will smell it and be like, oh, my gosh, I love it. Um, so don't do that. But uh, yeah, no, that entire sequence. I mean, just like, <laughs> no, no, it was it was absolutely brilliant. I don't know if you saw I think it was from the official uh, 911 Twitter account. They actually posted like, not a behind the scenes, but like how that shot was actually made. Uh -huh. And it was kind of cool, like watching them all come out with the dog. <laughs> I just loved it. It was funny because they were like taking the dog out. And I forget who said it, but I think it was Chim. And Chim was like, 
wait, we're doing dog rescue. And he goes, we are now. And I was like, that is such a Bobby move. <laughs> such a Always. Bobby move. Because he's like, this animal is not being protected properly. I am taking over this situation. Yes, I'm saving it. Yes, this yes. this belongs to me now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, But it's interesting what you were saying, because I actually was wondering the same thing, because like, because obviously May has now gone off um, to school and she's, you know, doing her own thing. So, mm. like, we're not going to see her. Um, presumably, like, you know, she we're not going to see her around um, the dispatch anymore. But then, yeah, Harry, I wondered that too. Like, and I mean, I feel like in, in some of the promo um, just sort of releases about this season that has come out, it, it like, it sort of made mention of, like, that that's going to be sort of a running theme for Bobby and Athena that... Like, they're just adjusting to that new normal of it just being the two of them. Like, after sort of not only having the kids, but then, you know, um, also having um, Rockman Dunbar's character and his husband, like, constantly coming and going as well. So I think it's, it's going to be a real shift for them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess this this was kind of the step one of that. <laughs> now that her father has been cleared of murder, um, yes. they can focus on the fact that they don't have kids anymore, which uh-huh. I... It's an interesting choice, and I and I'm sad not just for Athena and Bobby, but I'm also sad for Hen's son because he's good friends with sure. Harry. You yeah, know? And, you're right. And so it's like, okay, this kid that we never see anyway, because we only see him when Harry's around, we're probably never gonna see him much anymore either. And it's just, it's like I I love nine one one, but I hate how they don't know how to write in. These, they introduce these children characters and then they're like, well, we don't really know what to do with them. So they're only around every once in a while. I agree. And yeah. It's, it's, you're it's not, unfortunate. If you're not going to make the child of a main character like they do with Christopher, like just don't even introduce them. Just have them be name only, you know, like we don't need sure. to see these children. Um because then we get attached to the actors and we're like, oh, we like this guy on screen. And it's like, and then it's a mess when they don't come back. Um, yeah, and I feel like it's tricky, like, in an ensemble like this. I mean, it, like, it's always a balancing act, right? Like, it's always sort of, you know, like, which, you know, characters do we focus on? Which sort of stories do we develop? And unfortunately, I mean, this isn't a 911 specific problem, but... Yeah, I feel like a lot of kids' storylines are, like, the first to go. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I agree. It, it's too bad, like, you know, with Hen um, with Hen and Karen's son. But then again, I mean, and even, you know, that kid, I mean, he wasn't even really around much, you know. I mean, yeah. like, they had the storyline with, you know, them maybe adopting that other little child. Um, mm. You know, that was probably, on from my recollection anyway, that was probably the most involved their son was, um, which is too bad because, like you say, I think he, like, he's a great actor, that, that, that kid, and it's too bad that, you know, we don't get to see more of him. I kind of wish Laura was on this call because I feel like, on this call, on this episode, because I feel like um, she has said multiple times that she does not like child actors. Interesting. Because she, okay, okay. Because they are difficult to handle, and I get that. Like, sure. I'm the more I watch these shows with main cast being adults and there being minor characters throughout the series, I'm starting to realize, like, oh, well, these don't these kids don't make sense very often. Like, sure. SVU does a great job of handling it because, like, we're never going to see cop kids anyway because they're cops; sure. they're always around. But like, we do still see Olivia's son at least three or four times a season like he'll randomly come in with his babysitter be like hey mom you know let's go home together let's have dinner you know blah blah whatever or he has a walking appearance or he has a walking scene with his mom where he's talking to her um and it's like those are 
seem genuine and and natural and so i it's a weird ba- you're right it's a weird balance and so i think i'm getting like spoiled by abbott elementary because they handle their children so well <laughs> sure <laughs> um, those are great child actors they really are well and they know how to handle the situation they're like okay the story is centered on the teachers not the kids the kids are occasionally there and say something you know like it's not really in a classroom setting but i mean it is but it's not like it's not it's not um, boy meets world classroom setting like <laughs> sure you know so it, it is what it is but it'll be interesting to see bobby and athena like navigate this whole thing because you know bobby has his own demons with his you know yeah. the death of his children and it's like again i'm I have a weird feeling that like 911 is going to bring up his alcoholism again. And it's just going to be like, can we just not? (laughs) I don't know. I I think I like, I agree. I think there's a way to do it. I mean, I think if it's just like, because I mean, if you, you know, for any listeners, you know, who have experience with addiction or, or whoever had a loved one, you know, live with addiction. I mean, relapses are definitely part of the process, but I feel like, you know, for the purposes of like a fictionalized story on a TV show, I just think there's a way to handle it sensitively and authentically. Like, cause I, what I'm worried about is that they're just going to like have him relapse sort of like for no reason and sort of like without context and then never bring it up again. Like that mm. to me would be a worst case scenario. Like I'm fine if they do a relapse story and then kind of show, you know, like what led up to it and then, you know, sort of his way back. I like I truthfully would be fine but yeah I agree if you just like throw it out there like to me then I'm like why like what what was the reason and Laura and I've discussed this and we've talked about how we don't like that these characters on this show have become about one thing you know sure with him yep, it is yeah. med school hen is just med school. well <laughs> um I mean to be fair like that's a big undertaking but like there's nothing else to like, we don't really get to see anything with her family anymore. You know, like, no. it's like, Oh, we can't do two things at once with one character. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's, and it's like, Buck can't be all put together and happy, you know? Sure. So like, it's like, okay, well, if he's happy, he's his, his love life is a mess. And if yeah. he's miserable, his love life is not a mess. Like, it's just, it's like, okay, let him be happy and in love. Like, let him him grow Um, a little bit (laughs) let athena be more than just the cop like she literally that's all she she's cop and mom like that's literally her only two roles and it's like okay she could be a bit more than that like have her spend more time with hen because i miss those conversations i miss that we don't get those anymore and i get it hen's busy with med school but like Athena could be her anti-anxiety situation, like, solution sure. for that, you yeah, know? Yeah, could be and- a port. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to be honest, I mean, like, I don't know if, if you guys felt the same. I actually liked uh, Athena, like, um, last week's storyline, you know, where Athena went back to her family. I mean, okay, the accusing the father was a little out there, you know, what, oh no, whatever. we we rated it four stars. We were like, it was a really good episode. It was just very obvious from the beginning that it of wasn't course. her dad. Like, they no, could yeah, have made uh, it yeah. a little more mysterious. Sure, they obviously, you know, they obviously weren't ever gonna write that storyline. Um, yeah, that was my uh, and we were also. and we were a little 
miffed that it ended up being a child predator situation. We're like, really? Like, I, we would have rather have had it be an accidental death and they just tried to cover mm, it up because they were terrified. And sure. we were like, do we always have to go sexual predator? Like, is that always the way we have to go when a child dies? Like, yeah, I can, I can definitely see that. Yeah, I think for me, but in terms of like Athena as a character, I think it was a really good opportunity to like bring her back to her roots. Like, I, I actually think that the episode did a really good job of fleshing that out. So, I mean, not that you know her parents need to be a part of every episode, obviously, because they don't. Um, live, but, but we preferred her dad over her mom, and he was in a coma. <laughs> I mean, we were like, her mom is very dry. <laughs> like, her mom is just like, there's just nothing there. I, I think she's yeah, made you know. better by Athena. I think, I think, you know. <laughs> yes. Because I think, really, I mean, her mom is a venue for her to kind of do her own character exploration. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, I mean, I'm fine, you know, because I agree. I, and listen, Angela Bassett has way more than those two speeds, right? Like being a cop <laughs> and a mom. And so. Um, has anybody seen her anything in her repertoire like she can right. do anything literally anything it's I'm true like, no one has done a witchy type character like she did for coven in american horror story mm. no one has done a freaking african goddess queen like she did in black panther like it's just Agreed. she's got so much depth to her and so much layers to her i feel like 911 doesn't try to dive more into those and it's really kind of a disappointment yeah this may be a very hot take for er fans i actually really loved her seasons like now i know oh, like, right she was the, on er right and the problem i i think she was you know, so good of, she was and i think a lot of the issues i think you know at that stage i think the show itself was maybe running out of steam so i think it was less yeah. that you know people were like oh we don't like angela Bassett. like who doesn't like angela Bassett? well to be fair also it was, it was the tail end of the show she came in and replaced beloved characters. Yes. And it's like, people are like, okay, I'm never going to like the replacement. Like, you know, but I give her her due. She is phenomenal. She was, was awesome. closed off and hard-hearted, but there was a reason behind it. Like, yes. she had depth to her. And I loved them unfolding that depth over time. And her with Morris. Sorry, now we're going on an ER sideway. I apologize. <laughs> it's You're never going to invite me on the show again. It's all, no, no, no. Okay, have no. you listened to Laura and I? We go way <laughs> yes. completely away from 911. At least you're still in the Angela Bassett territory. Right. No, but her with Morris. I mean, oh my gosh. Like the comedic timing. Like like polar opposites as characters. I mean, that that was some of the strongest like network comedy gold that 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 I think is still unmatched. Again, I it may be a hot take. Well, because it was comedy on a drama. Like you're not yeah. expecting it. Morris, yes. listen, that boy was a icon. hot mess. Icon. That boy was a hot mess. Literal icon. <laughs> <laughs> Love him um, to this day. Like if I, yeah, top top ten. If I, I think if you I, and I should just create an ER podcast and just please. go and rewatch every episode and just oh. like talk about it. <laughs> Mads, you're giving me a reason to go back and rewatch ER. I mean, I never need a reason. Like <laughs> ER is ER is my comfort medical drama. Mm -hmm. Um, nothing will ever compare. New Amsterdam was supposed to be the next ER, and then they completely uh, fudge that. And yeah, but that's another story. It's it, yeah, like ER walked so that Grey's Anatomy could try to run. And then we yes. realized that ER actually ran the whole time. So, you know, yes. 
yeah, yeah. And that there will never be another. Yeah, there was never any point in trying yeah. to replicate what ER was. Um, yeah. Like, you know, we talk about character deaths that, like, affect you. To this day, I have to skip that episode unless I'm really in for a good cry. Because I don't want to see Dr. Green. See? I'm I'm, I'm starting to tear up. I can't. And I got to see him in a play a few years ago on Broadway. I got to see him. It was um, a show on Broadway. Um, He was in it with joshua jackson and the reason we went was because my roommate loves joshua jackson i mean i love him too i love fringe but she like really loves joshua jackson because she was like dawson's creek all that stuff i was Amazing. there though for him. dr green <laughs> oh, i mean i was like i was here for him and i was just like um i know it's been like 30 years but like er was like and still is one of my top comfort shows. And he was just like, oh, oh thank you. He was like, he's very oh, shy and quiet. And I was like, I love you're it. adorable. Oh, <laughs> listen, Anthony Edwards, when he showed up in Inventing Anna, I don't know if you've seen Inventing Anna, but when no. he showed up as one of the bankers in Inventing Anna, I'm like, I literally, when I tell you, I almost fell out of my chair because I was like, it's Dr. Green. Right. You know, I try to be that person that I'm like, okay, I do not see the characters. I see the actors. I'm like, they've seen, they've done multiple roles, but like, it's like people always call Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter, like, you know, whatever. But I'm like, no, but like Anthony Edwards is never going to get away from Dr. Green. Like he will always be Dr. Green to me. He will always be. Yeah. I will see him on something else. And I'll be like, Dr. Green. Dr. Green. Always. Literally always. I'm, I mean, to be honest, I, I feel the same way about um, Noah Wiley and Maura Tierney as well. Those two mm-hmm. are, are pretty typecast in my mind of like anytime they appear anywhere else. Uh, it's just, it's ER. Yeah. Always. Yeah. What's well, funny, so I watched a movie, I watched a screener for a movie prior to an interview I did for Telltale. Um, and I'm watching it and I'm watching it. I'm like, the mom looks very familiar. And I'm like, why? but she it was an, a movie about an Amish family so like I didn't immediately like register because she's an Amish get up it was Lucy Knight and I was no! just like oh it's Lucy Knight <laughs> always having a ER what? reference <laughs> sorry guys we're Man. getting way sidetracked now we started being on topic by talking about Angela Bassett <laughs> on ER and then we got totally sidetracked um do not mention ER if you don't want me to get sidetracked um, do not mention Absolutely. One Tree Hill if you don't want me to get sidetracked. Do not oh. mention. Yeah, like, I'm just like, there are certain shows that I'm like, don't mention it or I'm going to get sidetracked. Um, but yes. Anyways, I think we can dive into the buck of it all now. Oh, yeah. Um. All right. So I'm going to I'm going to set the scene for you guys. So like two, three days before the episode aired. So like, I want to say like last Saturday, there was a snapshot released of something that was going to happen in the, like, there was a blurb released that said Buck was going to be approached by a college friend and his wife to do something unexpected or something or something along those lines. Right. Yeah. And I literally was like, okay, I know what my heart wants, which is a bisexual awakening, but I sure. know 911, they're going to do it. It's going to be a sperm donation. It's going to be a sperm. Okay. Like, literally, oh. that's what I thought. And so, like, we get into the episode and we get to the scene. I'm like, yep, I knew it. Sure. I knew it. 
it was a sperm donation. I was like, that one was never going to give us bisexual awakening, Buck. No, thank you. They won't. <sighs> yeah, just now. way too much, <laughs> way too much to hope for. I'll be honest. I even, my mind went a little bit to a different place because I was burned. I've been burned by New Amsterdam and the mess that was Floyd Reynolds' storyline for anybody who also um, watches that mess of a show. Um, I was definitely thinking they were going to do a polyamorous relationship knockoff, if you will. Like, basically, like, going with the stereotypes of what that type of relationship is. Rather than it being, like, a genuine... You know what I mean? Like, they're like, oh, our relationship is kind of struggling. She wants to do something exciting. Here's my college roommate. Yes. Gotcha. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. That's that is where I was like, oh, they wouldn't, <laughs> would they? But no. But maybe uh, that would have been a little more exciting. I mean, <laughs> it would have that would have been a very big swing. <laughs> I will say um, that. <laughs> and Chelsea Kane being the wife, I, I literally was I like, mean, why? I was like, this face, this face, and I was literally like, I was like Disney. I was like, she makes me think Disney, and I was just like, <laughs> what is the Brick show that she was on and so like I was just like I literally typed in blonde Disney girl oh my gosh <laughs> because I was like I'm gonna find her I was like I'm gonna find her I'm gonna figure this out it took me forever but then a friend of mine tweeted me and goes it's Chelsea Kane and Chelsea Kane liked that tweet and I was just like this is random we didn't it. tag anybody in it like she literally must have searched her name and I'm just like all right girl um calm down that but I was just like yeah I was like oh that's why I recognize her I was like Jonas <laughs> oh man but yeah man, just, what a throwback oh, yeah what a throwback yeah like oh um, yeah but someone else was like, well, I know her from Baby Daddy. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was on that too. But Right. But that's not where she got her start. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's not where I know her from because I no. barely watched Baby Daddy. So it was just like, no. Um, but no, it was an interesting concept. And I was like, honestly, I was a little upset by it. If anyone saw my live tweets, I was a bit upset because I'm like, Buck deserves his own family storyline. Versus yeah. making a family for somebody else and then having to let it go. Like, that's not fair sure. to him. Like, and, yeah. some, you know, and someone else was like, well, maybe it's a good growth moment for him. And I'm like, okay, he doesn't need any more of those. The boy has been miserable for well, five seasons. <laughs> yeah. It's just been five seasons of him, like, ending up with women who are clearly, like, wrong for him. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's not, you know. Because I mean, that's typical of... life. I mean, it's sure. somewhat typical, yeah. Sure, but also at some point, you know, at his big age, like, you have to think at some point, right? Like, a decision has to be made of, like, okay, what is not working out here? Like, what, you know, is the common factor? It's me. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I'm but, pretty but, sure it's Buck. <laughs> just, just to have that self-awareness of, like, you know, something needs to change here and you know uh yeah maybe he needs like that man in the mirror moment i don't know and i, I mean, think uh, this might end up being a good thing for him but i'm just thinking okay no. the writers were like oh how can we like make him get excited about something and then have a realization of oh it's miserable for me because i don't get to participate after the fact like you know yeah because he wasn't thinking about that and when he was getting drunk with hen hen reminded him hey (laughs) you know um and so like that was i don't don't know it's gonna be hard for him i know that but uh, i I don't don't get what the end game is here like what like are we gonna like keep seeing this couple again like we're gonna add them in as like 
Or, like, we're just going to see them again when the baby is born. And, like, Buck is like, oh, like, this is a great moment. I- I'm really, like... It would have been better if it had been a character we knew and, like, had sure. been familiar with. Because it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. They're another character on the show. So, like, if he had... If Hen and Karen had approached him and been like, hey, listen, we want to try again for another child. Sure. Would you help us out? Like... That would make sense because it's like, okay, he's helping his friends. This yeah. is some friend we've never met before. And I'm like, okay, why do I care? I agree. Yeah. Like, and even, you know, to have somebody, you know, if there was somebody on the team, say like, you know, struggling with infertility, right? Like, I mean, they could have done, I, I mean, I don't really trust network TV with infertility storylines because I find no. they go sideways <laughs> more often. But like in, in a perfect world. I mean, that would have been, you know, something to explore to be like, you know, we're, you know, we're struggling, like we want a baby, you know, and this is a venue and then you could bring Buck in for that. But mm-hmm. this, I don't know. It just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not seeing sort of the, the utility of it, if that makes sense. And like, and if this is supposed to be his year of finding happiness, like what, how is this a step in the direction of him finding happiness? Sure. <clears throat> By like, making somebody else happy, like maybe it's his altruism but like okay but he already does enough of that as a as a responder like literal job like yeah so it's just like i don't know i'm just like i don't know what the writers are doing with anybody half the time so (laughs) do any of us i I don't even think the writers know what the writers are doing with half these stories (laughs) they literally probably throw a dart at the wall and be like okay which one did we land on this time (laughs) always um However, that conversation with Hen did result in a really positive thing for Hen, which is great in my mind because I love Hen to death. And I'm so glad she's fighting to stay in med school. Um, but, the, she, you know, her realizing, oh, I can still perform medicine when I'm drunk. Maybe not the right message to be sending. Sure. But, like, I get it was the awakening for her. Like, yeah. it, was the, it was the wake-up it was call. The it was like... It was like the wake up call that said, oh, wait, I can do this. <laughs> I would have been really picked off. Like I probably this would have probably been a thing that made me stop watching the show if they had made Hen like if they cut the medical school storyline, I would have been furious. Like I like, yeah, like I would have seen red. Um, and I don't say that lightly, but I'm really yeah, but I'm glad that they brought it back around and were like, you know, this was a momentary not even momentary, but like this was sort of a bump in the road, and you know, here's a path forward to you know resolving it. Yeah, because Hen deserves it. Like, I 100%. don't know of any other character that deserves something that major, that much, because she's done so much for other people. She's yeah. put her career on hold for her family. Yeah, you know, for her coworkers. She freaking covered for Bobby while trying to take exams on my girl. I you mean, crazy. yeah, yeah, I know that was that was my review from from that last episode was yeah, you're doing too much. You need well, and Bobby even said when he came back, he was like, "You didn't have to say yes." It's true. He's like, how did how, how dare you say yes to that and then fail out of med school? He's like, "I'm I'm not going to be held responsible for this." A question, you know, like. But yeah, I, yeah, I mean, she, Hen really is the backbone of the 118. I mean, in mm-hmm. literally every way. I mean, I know everybody thinks it's Bobby and it is, but also it, it, it's Hen. No, I mean, it's, it's really Hen. Listen, like, Bobby is the father. This is how, yeah. I, this is how I approach Chicago Fire too. So like, 
Bowden is the father figure, but Herman is the glue that keeps everyone together. Herman sure. is that glue yeah. of yeah. that firehouse. So Ken is the glue of the firehouse. Chim's great, but, you know, Buck's great, but Hen is the one that keeps everyone in line. She's the one that when Bobby had his relapse in season one, she was like, well, I have a key to his place. Let's go make sure he's okay. She literally mm-hmm. takes initiative and makes sure everyone's where they need to be. Yep. And um, so it was great that she got interim captain, but I, the timing was terrible. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. No, I mean, it's what she deserved. And I mean, you know, in a way, I mean, it was great to see her in action, like as the official leader, but I agree. Yeah. Timing could not possibly have been worse. <laughs> um, But yeah. So honestly, this episode, overall, I think it's in my head, it was like a two and a half. It was okay. Yeah. I might be a little bit more generous and bump it up to a three. Um, right. But I but I agree, yeah. The 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 buck stuff kind of got lost. The buck I, stops I here. It does. It really does. <laughs> and and let you know, the story stop here. Let's not bring it up ever again. <laughs> and maybe they'll let's bring it back around. Mention, let's just not even mention it to Eddie because that. Wait, nope. Eddie might get jealous. That would be actually That's very interesting. True. That would be, be like. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. You're not. No. Yep, no. Yep. You're our family. You're not their family. <laughs> There you go. <clears throat> Listen, they might bring it back around and surprise us all. Um, but, you know, I, I, mean, I have to say I'm not 100% optimistic. Listen, it's early days, <clears throat> right? We're on, you know, we're only on the first few episodes of the season. Yeah, we're on episode four. So, um, but Laura and I did make a crazy ass prediction that like Buck and Eddie will get together at the end of this season and then it'll get canceled. <laughs> Can you imagine? Because that's I actually how gay that. stories happen on network television. <laughs> no, no, I agree. And I think, well, whatever season it is, whether it's this season yeah. or like a season down the road, I think that'll be like the final moment. It's just like them getting together and it'll be like the worst, like the absolute and, worst. No, no like, it'll be the last moment, but Christopher will be standing there like, finally. Like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After how many years of this? Like, come on. Like, I don't read Buck and Eddie. I don't read Buck and Eddie fix very often, but every once in a while I do. And my favorite ones are the ones where Christopher is the one trying to get them together. Um, where he's like, listen, I'm not stupid. I know what's going on. You guys just can't admit it. Oh um, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So like imagine like eleven year old Christopher being like, we have to like make sure they're together like doing this and like they'll fall in love and da, 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 you know so um yeah. those, are, those are cute adorable little fix <laughs> i mean listen i'm sure they make as much sense as anything else that 911 has done or continues to do <laughs> so you know it, it's as it's as strong a story as anything else we we've seen so i i'm, I'm with it is what i'm saying i you know i'm 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 fine with it I, I, yeah <laughs> It's all I mean, good. <laughs> we, we we all know it's Ryan Murphy. This show is not going to like break any records for being amazingly well written, um, or shying away from controversy or um, pushing storylines that are like mm, that's mm, not so. Do we great. need that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Should should we have um, gone there? <laughs> should we have gone there? I don't know. Um, case in point, all of Glee. Should we have gone uh, there? No. Listen, no. I'm I'm going to sit and watch that Glee documentary thing Same. with popcorn Same. and be like, tea. Tea. Same. Same. Oh, no, I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to be off work for the day. I'm going to, like, 
be set up. Oh no, I'm gonna and I'm gonna rewatch it like multiple times. Oh, one hundred percent. It was I was having a conversation. I'm in a Discord with um fans of Teen Wolf, and the creator of Teen Wolf is right up there with Ryan Murphy in regards to being a gay man that hates gays. Um, and so I literally was like, uh, Ryan Murphy and Jeff Davis are my queer villains origin story. Like they're they're literally. Oh, they make me so angry. They make me so angry. And it just makes me so mad that Jeff Davis was the original creator of Criminal Minds because I'm like, God damn it. That show is so good and you're so terrible. (sighs) It's so true. Yeah, like, it's whatever. Anyway, but I will also be sitting and watching what that hot mess Teen Wolf movie is going to be in January. (laughs) Always. Because it's it's going to be an experience. It's, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I listen I have to if only to support Ryan Kelly <laughs> I mean that's reasonable you know <laughs> like I mean and Tyler Hecklin but mostly Ryan Kelly because Tyler Hecklin's got enough of a career that it's fine um <laughs> he's sense. Superman I mean <laughs> listen there was a scene with um they released a scene for New York Comic Con with Derek Hale and his son and Tyler Hecklin's like talking to him and like being like fatherly. And I literally texted my friend who also watches Superman and loves Tyler Hecklin and Teen Wolf and like whatever. And I said to them, I was like, why am I only seeing Clark Kent? And they're like, because he doesn't know how to shut it off anymore. <laughs> and I was He's like, gone oh, full method. Well, because he doesn't really, to be fair, Derek Hale is his past. Like he suddenly had sure. to start doing Derek Hale again. And I'm like, You've been doing Superman for three years. Like he doesn't know how to change it up slightly to make it more Derek. But it makes sense. <laughs> Anyways, so all right, two and a half stars from me, three stars from Justine. It's an average, middle of the line kind of episode. <clears throat> some things yeah. worked and some things didn't. Some things definitely didn't. <laughs> I hope Hoover becomes the firehouse dog. 100%. You know, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm Lone that. Star had Buttercup or has Buttercup. Is Buttercup yeah. still alive? As far as I know, <laughs> as far as I know, the only animal that Lone Star killed off was the bird. And I'm oh, still right, bitter about bird. that. So, I mean. The bird. Oh, geez. When there's an episode centered on a bird. Let's not bring up that again. Let's not bring up the, the bird discourse on Lone Star. It was it was It's too fine. Much. I saw a tweet from a coworker the other day that they put into the or coworker. Um mutual on twitter that put into their twitter circle which i'm like oh you like me enough to put me in your twitter circle okay great cool um did not realize we were on that level mutuals but they tweeted about lone star they're like i really need owen to get slapped this season and i was just like oh my god i screenshot it and i said laura because you can't see this because you're not in their twitter circle i had to screenshot this for you i mean the sentiment <laughs> is is crime i mean that that's it I feel like most fans don't like Owen. Like, I feel no. like most Lone Star fans don't no. actually like him. So, no. it's so true. Yeah, Lone Star doesn't come back till January. And I'm like, oh, it's so far away. <sighs> I don't like that they do that, that they like give Lone Star a January start and then like use it to use the hiatus with 911 for it to catch up with 911. Like, why don't you just start it in the fall with 911? I agree. I thought the scheduling thing, to be honest, last se- the last two seasons, I was thinking it was a COVID-related thing. Um, yeah, that's what I thought, too. Not. But apparently but not. not. Nope. Yeah. Apparently it's just a thing. It's it's a real thing now. That's just where we're going. 
Um, but anyways, so thank you so much for coming on, Justine. It was so great. Thank you for having me. Happy to uh, be back. Of course, we'll have you back again, I'm sure. Um, Laura and I both love conversing with you, so I'm sure it'll happen thank again. Thank you. Oh my gosh, um, yeah, you guys are so fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're fun. Thank you for enjoying my live tweets. Um, anyways, you guys can find me, um, on Twitter at DorothyNYC89. Um, and just be aware that I love my shows that I watch, but I'm also very critical of the shows that I watch. So you might not always like the tweets that I tweet. (laughs) And where can they find you, Justine? Uh, so you can find me at JustineMK92. And all my tweets are there. You can catch up on everything I'm writing. Yeah. Yeah. And she she got to go to TIFF this year. So Ooh, yeah, that was that a fun was, experience to watch your tweets from that. <laughs> uh, Thank you. That was crazy. Wait, did, did you get to see Weird, the Al Yankovic movie? I was so close to going. I could not justify going to a midnight movie knowing that I had to work at 9 a.m. the next day. I, I would have done it. it. I mean, granted, I, I am I am reviewing it for Telltale when it comes out on November 4th. Um, nice. But any excuse for me to review something with Daniel Radcliffe, of course I'm going to take it. Of course. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, you gotta, right? Um, I mean, he's my one of my comfort humans. So, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I keep waiting for Ryan Kelly to do another TV show so that I can have an excuse to review something that he does. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I reviewed, listen, you know, you love an actor when you watch a crappy off brand Hallmark Christmas movie with them in it, where they're playing what is known as his character was known as the bad boy of Baltimore who was on a skateboard. And I'm just like, okay, um, no, (laughs) (laughs) and and it was funny because I had a conversation with him at a convention not long after I reviewed that and he's like wait who paid you to do that and I go nobody that's the sad thing is that I did not get paid for that like I just my own volition (laughs) own volition (laughs) that's true love right there and he was like well thank you for being like the one of five people that watched it (laughs) I love it (laughs) it's what we do people it's what we do anyways well, we will have you on again real soon, I'm sure. And I'm again, I apologize for things being a little late this week, but you know, life happens. <clears throat> but the buck stops here. The buck stops here and now. <laughs> All right, bye guys. Bye.